and welcome to the Sparkle Pod, Move It Mama's very own podcast. A community connected through exercise, but so much more. The Sparkle Pod aims to sprinkle a little bit of everything, from sparkle and sunshine to our daily grind and rigmaroles. We hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the Sparkle Pod. Are you sick of us yet? We are on this crazy ride while we are back in lockdown. And so many of you are listening to these and enjoying them, so we thought we may as well keep them coming, especially if it's helping you. Today, we discuss me. I'm not sure how I feel about it just yet, but hopefully by the end, I'll be smiling. I'm going to leave you now and hand it over to your host for today, Jessica Ruth Lunderstedt or Mickey. I'm not quite sure. I've decided recently, I haven't really discussed this with Dor yet in full because um, he still is not wearing his wedding ring, but um, <laughs> I'll, I've had some strong advice and I think that I will do this because I'm I'm neither here nor there with it, but I just, now it's like gone too far that, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Anyway, I've decided I'll stick with Mitzi professionally okay. and go Lunderstead personally. That's a thing. Oh, I don't quite know how that's going to work, but you can just. Do whatever makes you happy, Jessie. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a rigmarole. Hey, are you not in your wardrobe? I'm not because I have to charge this computer and unfortunately there's no PowerPoint in my wardrobe. So let's see how we go. Guess what? What? I had to charge mine too, but I've got an extension cord. Wow. I bet you've got one from your builder husband that's about 100 metres long. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay, anyway, I'll shut up now. Yeah, so I know that you're dreading this, um, but we've had a couple of big days on the podcast, and mm. I feel like we both probably quite fancy a little bit of a, um, not a lighthearted waffle, because it might not be at points, but we're going to talk about the Lisa Fong, the Lisa Fong, everybody. Mitzi, Mitzi, um, Yes, well, <laughs> we are going back to Lisa Mitzi, so we've heard about Move It Mama. I think for anyone that knows about Move It Mama, has followed your story they will know about you losing your sparkle. They'll go, what the heck is sparkle? They might join us and they might learn. They might not and think, gosh, she's annoying with the way she's talking about sparkle. That's very um, rude. <laughs> um, anyway, they know about, if they've listened to our first podcast, they know how you started the business and they know kind of more or less from there. So we're going back. We're going back in time. Um, we're not going to go back to like mm, you, how you came out of mum's Vagina, for want of a better word. <laughs> for want of a better word. Vagina. <laughs> Vagina. Um, but that <laughs> was mom. 19. When was that? 1984. Two. Two. No, no, yeah. oh Sorry, was 84. Excuse me. You're way um, younger than me, chicken. Yeah, four years. So let's start there. What about that? Shara and I are always mistaken for being the older ones. And, like, why do you reckon? <laughs> Um, do you really want me to tell you? Because of our crow's feet, eh? No, I don't th- look at wrinkles. You know I don't. I don't think that at all. I just think it's probably because of the way I behave. Because you're actually way more personable. No, because I'm a little <laughs> bit like I don't have much shame and I'll just speak, you know, like a young, I, maybe I just act a bit immature, to be fair. <laughs> nah, it also probably because you're quite small. Like people actually, people yeah. always say that to you when they meet you. Yeah, I'm small. I've got like a really long ponytail. Maybe that might mean, I don't know, maybe that might make me look younger. I'm not sure. Like, because you're nearly 40, should you cut your hair short, do you think? 
I don't know when that happens. I think I will just decide when I get to that point of thinking that I want to cut my hair. I cannot see it happening anytime soon. As <laughs> <laughs> an asset. Your hair is an asset. But apart I do from think... having to diet all the time, eh? Yeah, it's an it's a bit. Of, I don't have to diet, but I choose to diet. But um, I actually think going back to the age, I think it is probably about the way I behave. I actually behave quite um young. Mm. Did you just swallow something? Um, I'm finding <laughs> it with being the host that I can't really drink my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't make the mine. tables have turned. <laughs> okay, so my first question: Let's describe Lisa Mitzi as a kid. Let's go back to kind of like primary school age can you describe Lisa Mitzi okay do you want me to describe how I looked nah as well? uh, or yeah oh. go for full picture but we're, okay, we're well, talking you know inside yeah I know I just think it's quite funny because I had this really 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 full fringe yes um fringe and um <laughs> it was a blunt cut and it uh yeah it was quite attractive um I had big brown eyes and freckles on my nose and I was a show-off. I think at five I was possibly a show-off by then. Um, I think maybe I was born a show-off. I'm not too sure, but, if, you know, I used to get called a show-off all the time, which was it cuts me deep now that I think about it because <laughs> I was just happy and I just wanted to shine, I think. And, and you wanted everyone else to be happy, eh? Yeah. I really wanted to have a party every day, I think. And that was um, how I remember being. I do remember being quite needy um, and wanting the, you know, I, I did want it to be about me, but I also wanted everybody else to be in there as well, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, five-year, I think I was quite social. Oh, I remember Dad always telling me that um, he would pick me up from afternoon kindy and this is, you know, four, and I would be in the kitchen with the adults um, doing the dishes and drying the dishes. And I remember I've got a visual mm. of me standing at the um, Johnsonville Kindy and standing at the um, kitchen, you know, the ca- the bench top in the sink with a tea towel and always wanting to be the person helping the older people. And I didn't really want to be on the mat with everybody else. I just wanted to be with the older people. Isn't I was it? I want Rico, though, your eldest child is exactly oh. like this, right? Oh, yeah, yes. He's exactly the same. He doesn't want to, if all the adults are there, he's sitting next to the adults. He's bored, but that's where he wants to be. That's exactly, yes. Oh and he wants, to, he wants to have a party every day. He I wants know. Everyone Please around him. that he loves. Hey. I know, but I know. Okay, let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get panic attack. That's why I want that back then you also had a really big ponytail too no I think I had a bowl cut by then wasn't oh, I was it still I, short I think there are some times in that you know in that era era where I had a ponytail but I think around this time I had a total bowl cut are you thinking of an image in your head or something no, or? you were kind of gesturing to your teeth for a second and I think you thought I was going to talk about your teeth oh that's a bit rude <laughs> Um, no, I do think I was a very energetic, I, I was very out, wanting to be outside and with older people, older friends, mm. um, with the adults being really mm. nosy. So yeah, very similar to my eldest child. Mm. Did you change as a teenager? Tell, tell us about you as a teenager. Um, did I change as a teenager? 
Nope, I don't think so. I think that in a social setting, I was always outgoing and I always wanted to have lots of friends. Um, I think, yeah, I I don't really think I did. Do you think I did? Um, you know what my memory's like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. But what do you think of like, what did you think of Shah and I? Because like, if you look, if you think back to then and how painfully shy Shah and I were, did you think we were real weird or? I thought you were really annoying. Yeah. I, I, I did. Why were we did, annoying? Because I didn't think you were annoying until I was about like um, a preteen. I mm-hmm. think when I was maybe at, you know, I didn't think you were annoying much at all, except I do think I remember you crying all the time and mum always relieving you by saying you're tired. <laughs> and that was annoying because I would always get in trouble all the time. And mm. and it was because my brother was quite silent yet provoking. I was loud and annoying and you guys were shy and tired. So I think I always <laughs> copped the blame. And that's a bit like my eldest son too so there's clearly something in our personality that gets noticed um and I think that by the time I was about maybe like 13 you were annoying me because I I suppose I thought I was cool and I didn't think you were cool and Mm. I think that I don't think we really fought lots but I don't think I was very kind to you I think I was I think I was kind when you'd play with me, maybe, when we did the giving away game. Do you remember that game? Oh, my gosh. Do you think other people know about the giving away game, or was that just our family? I think we made that up. Do you Tell think we made us that about, up? Remind me how it even worked, but gosh, it was a good game. I reckon this is me trying to entice you to come and play with me. <laughs> or or, or steal our stuff or something. No, no, no. I just wanted, I don't know. I think I made it up. Do you think I made it up? I think I made it up. You would know better than me. But explain the giving away game because this, I mean, we talked about childhood memories the other day. This would be up there. I know. I can't believe, we even did it at the batch. We would do come this on, a lot. Come on, anticipation is killing the audience. Describe oh. it. <laughs> we would do it on like a weekend. And it would be in the afternoon when mum and dad were ignoring us. And (laughs) we would say, I would say, come to my room, let's play the giving away game. (laughs) And you guys and Nick, which would just make my heart so happy because he was interested in it too, would come (laughs) to my room. (laughs) And I would, I would, I can't remember, I'm trying to root my brain. I think I would say, okay, it's my turn. And I would think of three things to give you. One, one each per- person, so you, Shah, and Nick, and I would hide I would hide my thing that I'm giving you, and you guys would have to find, and it would, you would be like, cold, hot, cold, hot, and then you would get to keep what I gave you. So isn't it hilarious that you'd literally just go, is this it? No. Is this it? No. Is this it? And then, is this it? Yep. Like, that's what I'm willing to give you. I don't actually know the actual logistics of this. It sounds quite odd, but we never... Yeah, and then I remember, um, you know, a week later, I would want it back, and you would go, but you gave it to me, <laughs> and they're giving away. Game. Do you remember? <laughs> I do, and isn't it hilarious that, um, isn't it hilarious that Nick wanted to be a part of it? Like, what was he going to score from your bedroom? Yeah, I just don't even know what Nick wanted, but he was happy. I, I'm sure yeah. he liked playing with us. But yeah, it's cool. I don't know. That was just, yeah, so I've forgotten the question. We got a bit sidetracked. Um, oh, was if you guys were annoying. Yeah, Nick, yeah. and I, I always 
I, I annoyed everybody. I annoyed Nick. As a teenager, Nick thought I was annoying. I was too noisy. I was too loud. Um, and he would say to me, when we'd be at the batch and he'd have his friends come and um, stay the night, one in particular, he would go to the toilet, Nick would, he'd go for a poo and he'd take like <laughs> half an hour and he, sorry, Nick, and he would go, he won't care. Yeah, he won't he listen. Go, he, yeah, he won't listen. He wouldn't waste his time. He would go to me, don't you dare talk to him while I'm pooing. And he knew because he knew I was such a little madam that I would just be chatting. So as soon as he'd go toilet, I'd just go and talk to him. <laughs> Especially the, the, the good-looking one. And then I remember he would – One in particular uh, comes to mind. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, one in particular. Anyway, and then he would flush the loo and I'd quickly run as fast <laughs> as I could to get out of his sight and out of that room or we're somewhere completely opposite. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Mm. Um. Do you, do you, I know that like you felt like you were needy and annoying, but did you find, did you, were there any challenges about growing up in our family? I know that, yeah, I know the answer to this, so I'm just, I'm egging you on a bit. Yeah, no, we didn't have, we had a wonderful, we had a wonderful childhood. And I think that the I've got a few key things out of our childhood. I think our parents worked very hard um, financially and, you know, dad was a very hard worker, but they never really paved it real easy for us. Like we had to work for our keep and we had to, we didn't get things handed out to us. We had to kind of, you know, it was within reason. And I Mm. think that was a great lesson for us to now, um, you know, as a mother, I kind of feel like I try and do that with my family and my children. Do you know what I mean? Well, I just remember friends being just like handed 20 bucks to go do something and that was never our situation. No, no. but yeah. um, no. So we had a wonderful life with our cousins um, down the road and we would always have family dinners with our grandparents. And it was, I if I could go back to have family dinners again, even with my Nana and Papa, like, you know, how mm. we drive home in the dark around Oriental Bay mm. and the lights would be because Nana and Papa lived out at that way and that was just I just used to think I lo- I would long for that drive home I like it was all full my belly was happy mm. and we had mm. such a wonderful time with them and then mm. obviously Grandpa Bruce um we didn't get to meet our Nana Nairi but I've heard obviously wonderful things about her so we had a very spoilt loving you know a spoilt in the regards of love and family eh? family yeah. cousins um, aunties uncles that we're very close to that we're so blessed to have Mm. I remember that drive and not really loving it because Shara and I illegally shared the middle seatbelt because <laughs> we didn't have a car big enough for four children. <laughs> yeah, and I actually remember though that, that you know, I remember that because I remember thinking, I'm so lucky I'm not in the middle belt. And Nick, oh my gosh. But mum and dad wanted you in the middle belt so you would keep us away from me and Nick. So me and Nick wouldn't oh. fight. Oh, it was okay. also. Um, you mentioned dad working really hard there. Let's just pay a tribute to our mother who I feel like growing up, you don't really know what mother's, the job of a mother until you, well, you understand it as you get older, but particularly now as a mother of four, the work that our mother put in. Oh, I don't even have like words to describe like how she did that because like I wish I was there to I mean I was there but I wish I was there the way I am now Mm. to to like encourage her and tell her like how amazing she is being because you know there's so much I I, you could go on and say about mum 
but mm. I mean we don't have all day so mm. I do look back and go like I'll ring her quite often and go how did you do this and how mm. how did you feel after you did it like for instance a year ago in lockdown the first lockdown I had to wash out a son's mouth with soap um, he said the F word and we don't really use that in our family. The children aren't allowed to use it anyway. Mm. Um, and we don't as parents use it. Well, I use it when I'm really frustrated, but then I apologize. But anyway, mm. I remember doing that and it was just so humiliating for me. I found mm. it so hard. And I remember ringing mum and crying to her going, how did you do that? And then, she, you know, I, thinking about her doing that journey with dad working so many long, hard hours and her not having a mother because her mum had passed away when she was 20. She had Nana and Papa, but it was a different kind of support there. And mm. she had twins. Like, yeah, there's a mm. lot to it that I keep. I always look back and go, wow, mm. mum, mum is incredible. Mm. Um, yeah, she is. Um, isn't it funny? I love how it, I love how the relationship, and we're so lucky to still have our mother. I always think of people who don't have their mother anymore and there's no words to describe that whatever there's just no words for it um but we're so lucky to now have heard in now being mothers ourselves and like just the shift there's not a dynamic shift I suppose but just how she's kind of changed too like she's she never swore when we were kids (laughs) and now she's all over it and like this honesty like that we're so lucky to have this slightly more open communication Mm between us I don't know do you know where yeah, I'm going I with totally, that yeah I totally know what you, what you mean like um but if I swear in front of her in front of the kids she'll be like least mummy yes and yes. you know that's not okay but yeah no. de- definitely well you've gone from mother daughter to actually friends pretty adult, much and so she's adult adult yeah well she's still adult adult she's still our mother and I still always want to please her um yeah. can we just take it back to you know if you are a mother and you don't have your mother around um I often think about that and I think about people like you and um, yeah, I just want to make sure you know that, um, yeah, that we do think of people in your, in your situation. I don't, I don't know if anyone's listening to this that is in that, in that position, Mm. but just know Mm -hmm. that our heart goes out to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, like little things. I th- yeah, there's so much to this chat that we could go down that avenue, mm. but maybe mm-hmm. we can save that chat in a, for another time. We can, and I'll skip to a memory that I have of you in a bright pink halter neck top that was just, yeah, it was lit. Where was lit. that from? And was this the 18th? Yeah. Okay. So this is finishing high school. When did we finish high school? In Around like that time. No, because yeah. I think I was 18 in October, and then it's like you start, the year has been, you know, the next mm-hmm. year is like your mm-hmm. age, I think. Okay. But in finishing college, Onzo College represent was so, I mean, you did one year at Wellington Girls and then Nick had done two years at Wellington Boys, but we had, that they'd moved Nick to Onzo and then you moved from Wellington Girls to Onzo. Yeah, just because Nick was going and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm ready to yeah. like, you know, I, I just, I mean, I think I would have loved Wellington Girls if I'd given it more of a chance, but I was just, you know, the first year and you just don't really settle. And so then I, yeah. I left. Yeah. And finishing high school, how did you decide what to do next and what did you do next? Aren't we going back to my bright pink um, top? Yeah, well, so this was like your 18th birthday. Eh? Yeah. Okay, you can go into detail about it if you well, like. Well, I wore those glass and pants that were black with a flare and they were mm. that really cool slinky material that actually mm. ended up like pulling, I think. 
think that's mm-hmm. the word. Um, and they were quite like fitted around your bottom, your tushy. Mm-hmm. And I wore this bright pink halter neck and I thought I was so cool. Like I legit remember crossing the Courtney Place road, the road on Courtney Place, and like kind of having like a bit of a strut. And I just thought I was the bee's niece and I probably wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? We have moments like this all the time. I mean, I thought I was really cool the other night when I went out in that cool jacket. Oh, I know. And thinking about Emma Twig saying, you know, if, if she, at 21, that confidence she had, if she could have had that again, you know, at 34, it's funny, eh? Yeah. What we, yeah. our life and the, you know, the changes we go in, yes. on and the journey. Yes. It's all about yes. the journey. And then I'm now thinking of me saying the other night when we were out, the night for Emma on that Monday and thinking that oh. I was saying that I'd lost my sparkle because <laughs> yeah. I was just felt a little bit um, shy that night. Yeah. And I get that. Sometimes yeah. you just. Because I'm. Yeah, had been Didn't. a while in the throes of nappies. Yeah, you're breastfeeding, you you're breastfeeding, yep. and you've got young babies, and it it is a little bit difficult sometimes putting yourself into these social situations that you kind of feel like, hmm, where do I fit in here? But you just yeah. have to you you will get that back. I think that's a type yeah. hormones as well. Yeah, and I think people asking you about your kids and you start talking about your kids yeah. and like, oh yeah, but I've got to go. I'll go home soon because like yeah, he's he's on the boob, so he'll wake up like and it and just. Can't just- you, it's almost like it, it's worse to talk about it because it, it reminds you, oh, yes. yes, that's my core function right now, you know? You but probably kind of wanted to say like, oh, no, I'm Jess, I'm in the AIDS. Like, do you not know that I'm in the AIDS? I'm a rower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I've, I don't think I've lost my sparkle. I just think um, sometimes you get a bit like shy. Can we just talk about the fact that that night I spent the entire time looking up like two heads up because everyone is all so these tall. All people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. so little. Okay, yeah, so after um, school, I didn't know what – I wanted to be on radio mm-hmm. or TV. I really wanted to be um, – so my goal was to be like April Iremia and <laughs> be a silver fern and then get my TV um, scholarship. High five. high five. No, I wanted to be a sports presenter on TV. Right, okay. Okay, but I wanted to be Al, Al, April Iremia. Right, but Lisa Mitzi, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get my break um, in that. So I then decided, like, I wanted to, I wanted to go to Christchurch and do the broadcasting school. But mm. I heard that only ten people got in, or something, in New Zealand. So because I'm not like Emma Twig, and because I just didn't back myself, I just thought that that I won't be, I won't be picked for that. I won't even mm-hmm. bother. Mm-hmm. And then it got quite late. Oh, we did we talk about bursary? I mean, I got a B bursary, but that was only because of my PE result. Right, so that boosted I was, your school results. Definitely. So I was not very academic. I, I remember going into um, my geography class in seventh form, so that's year 13, <laughs> and walking in and, and the teacher, and I'm not going to name names, not that he would ever, ever <laughs> I know exactly to this. Who it is. He said, Lisa Mitzi, the smartest girl in our school. <laughs> Highly sarcastic. I was so, I couldn't believe it. It was so cruel. But I had all my friends in there. I had so many friends. And they were, you know, they go, like, they all, I know they had my bag. And I also got told by the deputy that, Lisa Mitzi, you're only here to eat lunch and play sport. (laughs) Sounds very familiar of our current day, Rico. Yeah, I know. So anyway, I didn't have the best, you know, everyone, I didn't have a detention ever. No, I think I got one detention and the Mr. Mannerine said, what are you doing here? You can leave. Yeah. 
well, you know, I was a good three girl. of us. Yeah, all three of us were. We were often called the teacher's pet. So yes, I was. But, yeah, same. But I was. I I think I had an element of um, naughty. Yeah, a little bit. And so I wasn't real. I didn't do my work all the time on my best of my ability. But I just managed to maybe like look at them in the eye and just, you know, did you do that too? <laughs> No, you would have gotten through. That's that was you would have gotten through with kindness and empathy and chat. The gift yes, of the gab. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I yeah, I just I know I, I had good relationships. I had good relationships hey, with people. You know, the school magazine, the Adlib, the Onzo College School magazine, was called oh, the Adlib. Yeah. And at the end of the year, they had um, the whole seventh form that a year to thirteen class listed out, and it would be, say, for example, it was Charlotte. Oh, Bo's awake. That's not great. Charlotte um, always seen something with a basketball, then, with a basketball, or with a ball. Most likely to be married to an All Black. Not far mm. off. Different gender. But oh look, not my far god, off. that was Tuesday. That's yeah. so funny. What was yours? I can't remember what mine always. I don't know. Oh, that's disappointing. So I, I brought mean, that up um, for no reason. I think I was like. I don't know, but I remember like that. Bef- I think there was another column that was like, I won the award for prettiest girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, you did. You did. But I, I don't that. know. With another girl that I thought was so pretty, and I thought, oh, that's so, it was so amazing. Wow. I, yeah. Wow. Well, that yeah. was kind of, you know, how ridiculous. Um, yeah, I can't remember what mine was. I think probably always seen talking, most likely to be a teacher. I actually think that possibly might have been it. A teacher, mm-hmm. I think. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, yeah, so I ended up going to um, applying for a journalism course at um, Fitter There uh, mm. in Porirua. Mm. And um, I got accepted. But then I thought, oh, I actually think I just want to be a teacher. So mm-hmm. I, I removed myself from that because I, I think I also thought in my head that this might not be enough for me to mm. be my silver fern and on TV. <laughs> so I think, yeah, sports presenter. Mm. And I thought, oh, and I also think, I thought, oh, if I become a teacher, maybe I could possibly get a break on being on high five or something because be, <laughs> I'd have some kind of, you know, um, work experience. I can hear Bo crying. Do you need yeah. to go? Is, um, is, is he due for a feed? Um, no, not really. He's due okay. to be still asleep. Okay, right. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll just quickly, um, I won't keep you off for too long. Um, and so then I went to teacher's college. No, I went to university and I got a mm-hmm. degree in education and English. And I went to mm. uni and I thought I'll do the degree first and then I might do the postgrad teaching. And I did, my parents did say like, you don't want to be a teacher because they were teachers and they thought that I might not want to be a teacher, but I really wanted to follow that path because I really fancied being a teacher. So I said, I'm going to be a teacher and you were teachers so I can learn that for me, you know, and I absolutely mm. loved being a teacher. So I went to Univ- Victoria University um, and then I actually took a little bit of time away at Hamilton Island and <laughs> then I came back and did postgrad and became a teacher. The Hamilton Island trip was cool, wasn't it? And that was sh- cut short. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Hamilton Island. I had been working at the gym part-time. And a friend at the gym said, you should... Oh, I had broken up with a long-term boyfriend. That was really sad. And I was very um, depressed about that and very heartbroken. Even though I broke up with him, it was very... It was a huge, like, stage time of my life. And T said to me, you need to go to Hamo. Go to Hamo. And I was like, what the heck is Hamo? 
and she showed mm. me all these photos about hamo and you have to wear all these really funny uniforms when you work and then when you leave you throw your um what are those shoes called that door wears boat shoes boat shoes yeah mm. you throw your boat shoes in the tree there's one tree and everyone just throws your boat shoes mm. and so I went I went to Hamo on my own and I rocked up and I got a job at the pub straight away and then I got put in D block with a lady a girl that I had obviously didn't know that was unusual we were quite different um but still we it was fine um and I had the most uh, like what a what a lifestyle living in Hamo I worked in mm. this boat then I worked I was a I was a host on a boat Oh, no, I worked at the pub and then I was a host on a boat. I made mango daiquiris and I'd say, welcome to the welcome to the Denison Star. And it was a honeymoon boat. And I would lie by pool, lie by the pool um, during the day or the beach. And I mm. had lots of lovely um, friends and I'd go out at night and, yeah. And I was so homesick <laughs> that I thought it's time, after three months, I thought, right, I'm going to surprise my family. <laughs> And I'm going to book a flight and I'm not going to tell mum. I'm not going to tell dad. I'm not going to tell the twins or Nick. I'm not going to tell anybody. My aunties, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm just going to book a flight and surprise them one day. And <laughs> so, you know, my life was so, there was not a stress in the world in Hamo. And I booked a flight. I packed up. I said goodbye. I cried. I said goodbye to all my friends. And then I rocked up home one morning, I think. It was like yeah. real early in the morning, like 5 a.m. Yeah. And I think yeah. I knocked on your door. On my window. Yeah. And what happened? Don't know. You were just really tanned standing there. <laughs> I was so tanned. <laughs> and mum and dad didn't really give me the best welcome. <laughs> How long did you think you'd be in Hamo? Uh, three months was a really long time. To be away, yeah, and I did you plan on going for like a year? Oh, yeah, wow. I did. But I was so yeah. homesick. Can I go back there right now, please, and live that life? Yeah, how nice. No, yeah. So that was funny. And then I came back, and I did the. I think I had just got to the point where I knew I wanted to be a teacher, so I mm. knew that it was time to get back into study. And you know, mm. I had mm. you know when you have to get to a point, and then you just mm. have to make the decision, and you do it. So mm -hmm. then I came home yeah. and did the one year postgrad and yeah. um, became a teacher, and it was just the most wonderful experience ever. Being a teacher you just to my loved first class, it, hey? you loved it. Yep, I taught low decile, so. I taught a at a Desal One school and they were my babies and I had a fruit bowl and I had a toaster and I adored <laughs> them. Didn't I? How many? I mean, it was like I had my own children. I had 30. Yeah, you did. And I remember walking around North City Plaza in Polydor. I don't know if it's still called that, but like everyone going, hey, Miss Mitzi, hey, Miss Mitzi, yeah. hey, Miss. They, they I would get, I know. And I remember I'd, I'd get you guys to come in, you and Sha, and you mm. were like a little celebrities too though, mm. eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. I did one year of preschool t teaching at a um, crash, the Reserve Bank crash in Wellington. Mm. And I just found it so hard. It's, I take my hat off to anyone teaching. Eh? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I was really maternal. I've always been, you know, mother hen to you girls, I think, too. Mum always said that I was mother hen when you guys were born. Mm. And I just think I, what I loved about it, I didn't really love the whole teaching part of it just quietly I loved the loving and the nurturing and I had mm. all these children that really um you know they wanted to be loved and I I had so much love to give yeah mm -hmm. when did you decide because I know that you became quite clucky and 
stuff teaching, but you moved to London and started teaching there, also quite low decile. Eh? Um, and when did you decide to have kids? Like I know, I think I feel like you always knew you wanted to be quite a young mother. Yeah, I did. I do think it's so funny now looking back to the journey and, you know, I was single from about 20 to 25 and I look back and now go, oh, I had such a great time. It was so fun. And, you know, when you've been um, married for 11 years and got all these children and life is completely different, you look mm-hmm. back at all those positive things and go, oh, I, did, I just took that for granted. Um, mm-hmm. But I think through that time, all I wanted was to find my person that I was going to have children with. And mm. I think it's, uh, you've always got to remember that when, you're, when you've got so much else going on in your life now thinking back that that's what I wanted you know when I met Dan um Mm -hmm. so I think I always wanted to have children I never had any opinion on what gender I wanted I wasn't someone that said I want a boy and a girl called blah 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 I just that was not even on my radar I just yeah I, I knew I would always hopefully become a mother and it wasn't until I really when I met Dan that I thought I knew after three months because I had a few frogs and (laughs) wonderful beautiful frogs so I've got um you know I always had I had such a great um I had lots of great relationships but when I met Dan I knew right this is a bit different I I really would love you to be um my my baby daddy kind of thing Mm -hmm. father of my kids so I was Mm -hmm. I was 25 when I met Dan um and he I was so lucky because he we talked about it quite what you know how you were saying when we were chatting to Sarah yesterday about how when she met Nick and it was so Mm -hmm. easy Mm -hmm. I remember I didn't need to worry about my chat like it was Mm -hmm. I I do remember thinking oh I probably shouldn't say that but then Mm -hmm. every time I said something it was fine like Mm -hmm. you know it just was natural and it it obviously wasn't just meant to be Mm -hmm. and so I think he told me he wanted to be a young dad and I just Mm -hmm. thought oh my god I've hit the jackpot here I'm so lucky Mm -hmm. because I would totally just have babies with you Mm -hmm. so when we got home from London we were there for a couple of years and um I met him in London and we came home and I just thought his dad had remarried and had these two young young boys and it was quite bad because it made me want to go home and have our own babies really so that's Mm. possibly what happened one night. Mm. I remember was it with Rico it was conceiving Rico um was quite quick eh was it? Yes, yes. So yes. one night we got home and we'd been at his dad's and his stepmum's, um, and I was like, "Should we just try? Yeah, Doesn't matter right. that we're not married. Like, who cares?" And that's then, right. and so we were like, "Okay, we'll just try." And and Dan's just like, "Okay." And so we just tried, and then I put my very, legs in the air, very, which yep. is you know, like obviously we were just very lucky that we got mm. pregnant that that time. And I remember telling mum and dad on Skype because we were in Sydney, because that's where Dan's family are. And I remember mum screaming, Roger, get here, get here, because it was just mum, I think. I think, because I just, we we just sort of, I, we, do, we do things quite quickly, and we just, we don't really think things through. I remember you telling me that you'd done that, and then you were like, or then you were like, let's let's not, let's not, let's save some more money. Because everyone thinks, you know, let's get into this financial situation first and get the house and this and that before they do that. And obviously, I don't know, I don't know if there's ever a right time, but I remember you did that and then you were like, okay, we won't, we won't try again. Let's just cancel that, cancel that. And then you were fortunately pregnant. Yeah, it's so funny. And I, I reckon even with the subsequent babies, there was never like a time where we were like, except for the last one. 
the oh. other number two and number three it still was really scary like should we try again you know mm-hmm. um and I always say that to people you know there's not really a right time the, oh I don't know in my experience it's still quite daunting to think another one you know but mm. um I remember once we did get pregnant with Rico that's when we were like right we need to save and we need to try and get this little apartment that we had wanted and mm. and we we really set, set to work and just had our butt, heads down, butts up, I mean mm-hmm. butts down, heads down heads and down, just, um, you know, and I just worked hard, we worked hard and we sort of just started to pave our way. Mm. Um, I feel like then there's like obviously consecutive children and people know the story hereafter more or less kind of, you know, but did you, and I, I don't, I don't really know the answer to this, but like we were always active, we always played sport, we worked in gyms, both you and I both worked at Body Works. Did you, was there a point between children, was it, that you kind of ever lost exercise or did you just, you know, when when you think of having lost your sparkle, say, did you also lose exercise or, yeah, can can you remember? Do you know what I'm just thinking about? We always exercised, but we played sport, but we, we didn't really exercise for mental health reasons. So if no. I wasn't playing sport, I'd make myself go for a run or I'd make myself do something just because, you know, you had to try and do that so you wouldn't get fat or something like that. Yeah, which you were sounds taught. so horrendous. Yeah. That was what I was, yeah. you know, we were taught. Yes. So when I finished school, I still played netball socially. Oh, mm-hmm. I, no, I played netball for a club. So, you know, you just don't, I just didn't think of it in the way that I exercise now. And I think that it's mm. just such a crucial era in mm. how we were, right. like, I don't know, why Why did we not? But I don't think it was ever out there with any of my friends. And my friends were sporty too, but everyone was like, oh, I better go for a run. I haven't done one all week or something like that. Well, it's because we grew up reading magazines that had like icons and images saying, if you've eaten this packet of McDonald's fries today, you need to run the equivalent of three days. Yeah, That's extreme exaggeration. But yeah. you know, we were reading and seeing this everywhere, and the magazines were covered in like hot bikini and celebrities mm. looking terrible in bikinis. Mm. And if you eat this, this you need to go and run on the treadmill for you know, like it, that. We were taught that we were taught that, and we were never ever. I feel like I never read anywhere of the mental benefits no. of exercise until no. recent years. I know Mum used to walk with her walking friends and stuff, but um. And Perhaps I, it just wasn't talked about. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. But I, I just so the answer to your question is that there were many times where I, I lapsed and lapsed in exercise. But it was only the the, the regular exercise um, became apparent when I um, realized how good it was for like stress relief. I think yeah. so. It, it yeah. was, and I was mostly stressed when I had the young babies, and I think that's yes. when I really learned. Oh, actually, this is medicine for me. So yeah. I, I, I did go to the gym in London and I always felt great about it, but I was never, it was never, the mental side of benefits was never at the forefront of my head. So it didn't really click. Mm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just absolutely is, is so firm in its place and the role it plays, eh, both mentally and physically as a byproduct. Yeah. And I just feel so excited that, you know, Move It Mama is about that and it's been about that right from when it started and how great that we can hopefully get more people to cross that line and actually click into gear of why they're actually doing the workouts yeah god we could go on a huge tangent here but I mean I think Mm. let's not um there's still there's still valid and justified 
weight loss or physical goals that people might have that are so justified and you know we're not discrediting those are we but we're talking of making that shift of perhaps the mental health being the focus and at the forefront ahead of everything else can build such a more positive relationship to exercise and your body yes a hundred percent oh I don't like saying that I don't really 100%. like saying 100% because that's like a love, love, love Island too. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you don't watch it, so how do you know? Because of the one Australian series I watch, they all go, oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, so they obviously do it on all the um, series of Love Island. 100%. Um, now we've, move it, Mama, people, yeah, we've, we've, we're kind of at current day, I suppose. Um, we do you want to talk is, how I meet my husband? Go on then. Okay. Us, tell us about your brown eyes. Okay, so it was a beautiful, beautiful not, day. Not your bum. No, that sounded <laughs> that funny. Sounded my brown funny. eye. It was a beautiful Sunday in London, and I was with my girlfriend, one of my very close friends that I've been at school with, and we were having Cronenberg beers at the park, and I was in Jandals, and I remember she was in Jandals, Ooh. and we decided we'd just pop into the pub across the road, and Cronenbergs are quite strong with the alcohol content. Did you know mm-hmm. that? Yep. And, and I remember young. only having maybe four. And I remember being quite tiddly and going into this pub and there was it was packed and there was this Māori guy that was singing and playing the guitar and he was just so amazing. And it was, you know, when you're in London, but there's all these Kiwis and Aussies and you just feel so at home. And I remember being so happy. And then I was on the other side of the bar and the door opened and the, the, we're, we're talking like it was packed. It's packed. But I saw this man walk in the door and I swear, I was like, right, I'm talking to you tonight. <laughs> and I told my friend, Nat, and I said, Natty, Natty. And I remember like being quite tiddly. I don't want to use the word D-R-U-N-K because mum will probably be listening. Why did you spell that out, by the way? So no one can know what it says. And so then, <laughs> um, and then I just made it a beeline and um, I would just walk past him all the time. And then, uh, anyway, I'm not going to keep going because it ended up we did get together, um, not 100% that night, not 100%. Anyway, though, um, I remember meeting or his, his mates that he was with, who I, you know, I'm really, I'm really close with now. They said to him, oh, no, Dan said to them, check out this chick. Every time she walks past, she's giving me the eye. And that is so mortifying. Eh? They all knew. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and that was. So I thought that was quite funny that you might want to hear that story. People probably yeah. have heard that story many times. No, probably not. But I know that the eye, the eyes, and the you know, you get asked about your eyelashes to this day very regularly, and I think the eyelashes were working back then too. <laughs> oh, that's so fun! Hey, it's Bo being quiet because I my my children are starting to come up this area at this end of the house, and it's starting to stress me out. Same, um, and no, okay. both of mine. I can hear both of mine. Yeah, so should we wrap gherkins. it up? We yeah, probably we can. But can I just say, do you feel like you know, Move It Mama is? A very successful business today. I know you kind of cringe when I say that because I think you kind of think like it's not or something. You question, you know, you just question yourself. I ah. think it's partly to do with imposter syndrome. Um, but do you feel a bit proud of yourself sometimes or what? Not really. Uh, that sounds bad. I 
I don't know how good it is. I don't really know. I know that it's great. And there's times where I think this is so amazing. But sometimes I just, I still think it's like a dream and I, I can't mm. quite. But sometimes someone will say, I hope that you tonight, you know, um, sit back and um, immerse yourself in what, you know, has been created. And so I do get times where I do think this is just absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, but it's really hard to really uh, just be really proud of myself, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, knowing, I know that it started kind of by accident. For anyone that knows, eh, they know that, um, mm. who've listened to your story, that yeah. it wasn't like you, you never set out to um, make money or even the business really. It just kind of happened by by accident and by mistake. But let's let's – the other day I said perils of wisdom. On I'm so embarrassed about this. I said perils of wisdom. I feel like it's, that's really oh the pearls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My dear friend messaged I... me saying, Jess, I'm sure people have told you this. They hadn't, so shame. I think that, was I on the podcast with you? Of course you were. So I didn't know. <laughs> no, so it's pearls of wisdom. Any pearls of wisdom for, you know, someone else that's like got some idea and they really want to start a business can I just say can we go back to the proud biz of the business thing I think that I what I need I'm a visual person and I would love to be in a room with the, the thousands of members in the mm. same room like that would make me real happy and mm -hmm. I probably still would question it like are these are these people for real are these the actual people in move it mama yeah yeah but, um, so then okay, it would so. remind you I don't know. It's you. just sometimes it's hard because we obviously, obviously you know because you're a big part of the business. When you're looking at your phone and you're doing this workout and you just mm. don't know a hundred percent really, mm. you know. But you, mm. but then you do know, you do know because you, you see it and there's we get mm. proof of how it's working because we get all these amazing messages and we get all mm. this wonderful engagement and all these people mm. doing the workouts. Mm. So we yeah. have got. A, I know we've got a pretty epic um, business. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, I'm just rushing a little bit, but with the chat about um, imposter, I get that all the time. Um, with a business, I think for me, it's, you know, it was a total passion of mine to um, find that sparkle in that lady's life. I, that was, you know, I'd go to preschool, mm. I'd go to play group and I'd see um, women and I'd um, talk to them and I knew that they needed to exercise. I knew mm -hmm. that it would help them. So mm -hmm. it was a complete passion and it was a mm. complete thing that used to burn deep, deep down in my tummy that I want to mm. help these people. Mm. So I think that um, if you are wanting to start a business, you, you need to kind of like not think too deeply about what would make money. I think you need mm. to think about what you're passionate about. I think the minute yeah. you start thinking about, oh, how to make some money, I just don't think that's going to work. I, I yeah. mean, it, it might, but yeah. for me, it was such a passion and it was such an exciting time for me that it wasn't work to me. It was just following this this um, this coal in my in my tummy that I wanted to ignite this flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a fire in your belly, fire and... in my belly. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So passion, connection. Um, you know, make sure you are talking to the right people, talking to lots of people. You're building your brand in a way that you're building trust and you want mm -hmm. people to believe you and they can see the passion that you, mm. you know, so it's not a, um, it's not fake. It's all very mm -hmm. genuine. I think that's a real um, mm. key message, you know, things we do, mm -hmm. let's just be genuine about it. And let's, mm -hmm. if you've got a, if you've got a, a fire in your belly, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
then, you know, the rest will follow. Mm. Gosh, it sounds almost like motivation to exercise, like the motivation needs to be genuine to actually yes. regularly exercise too, eh? Yes. Intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, total other chat. Okay. And um, poor Bobo, he obviously needs the boob. Yeah, he does. And Nina needs to go to bed too. So okay, we'll yeah. tie things up. But um, okay. I just wanted to correct also the fact that the other day when we Googled Muse, so that was my other real embarrassing moment. Muse, Muse is a massive band and I know a lot of their songs. <laughs> and I was I Googled Muse because you, we called me a Muse. And it's just so embarrassing because I know Muse. I know and who I they said, are now. I said, I've heard of them. And you were like, yeah. have you? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? And I know. I'm just, yeah. Anyway, have you got a sparkle spreader quickly I know. to finish I'll- up with? In the bed in the night, I was thinking, we have not done a sparkle spreader in the last few. And I was thinking, yeah. what is this? This is a total, yeah. um, we've, we've, we've like wrecked this podcast because we have not been sparkle spreading. By not being consistent, eh? Yes. And I'm all about yeah. consistency. Yeah. So have you not got one? Yeah, I do. Go on. Try not to pick your nails if you've had them manicured properly like gel or buy a BIB or something. And I've done such a good job. It's nearly two weeks and I have not picked or – and they're still looking good. And I'm going to be dying if they actually start to tack off because Mm. I can't get them fixed. So I'm trying Mm. real hard not to put them near my mouth and I'm being really gentle. So that's my cycle spreader. Don't pick your nails because you will wreck them. Good on you. Strong advice. Strong yeah. advice. Um, my sparkle spreader today is that, and I don't even think I've told you about this, but I did slow cooked beef in the slow cooker. Cheap cuts of beef um, with all sorts of veg, like, I don't know, carrot, celery, um, stock. You'd like a casserole. Garlic. Yeah, yeah, just total casserole. I know, boring. Chat you always better. talk about your sparkle is often about a recipe, eh? Well, we're in lockdown. What else is it going to be about? Anyway, I just had some flaky puff pastry in the freezer. Oh, oh my pie. goodness. Pie. With red wine at all? Or? Don't know. With a normal wine. Uh, white wine. Not normal. Okay. White wine. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But I made this massive cheese sauce as well. Did you take a photo? Yeah, I did. I think I meant to send it to you. I didn't, did I? Did you have the cheese sauce on top of the meat in the pie or next to it? Like dipped it in? In the pie. Oh, I feel like I want that so bad. It was so yummy. You know you, when the pastry gets soft and oh, soggy? I actually feel annoyed that I don't have pastry in my in my freezer. I could go I've, to the supermarket. I've got some that's half open. So no, you but have we're, not, um, we're not allowed to see each other. And do you know what oh, else? Yeah. I've told my kids this morning that Rico and Louie are cooking dinner, and I'm really regretting that because I really can't be bothered having to facilitate that. Yeah, well, um, think of it as a growth opportunity. Okay, suck okay. it up. And it will be All great right. for them. Raising great, raising great boys into strong, great men. Okay, um, that was really great. Well, we've been yabbling for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for having me, host. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Good job. I thank feel you. like you feel a little sparklier on the end of that than you did prior. Like at the very beginning of the wardrobe, you weren't that you weren't really that sparkly to be fair no it's home home learning is taking its toll but anyway can I just say it's really cool that we're doing these podcasts because it's actually a chance for me to talk to you because we don't talk to each other because we're in lockdown mm. Mm, I know it's fun um yeah it is fun um okay. and okay better get going and feed the children and put them to bed and um that was fun yeah. thanks for having us guys bye see you later bye bye